Peter came up and asked Jesus, Lord, when someone wrongs me, how often must I forgive? Seven times? No, Jesus replied, not seven times. I say 70 times seven times. That is why the reign of God may be said to be like a ruler who decided to settle accounts with the officials. When the ruler began the auditing, one was brought in who owed a huge amount. As he had no way of paying it, the ruler ordered him to be sold along with his wife, his children, and all of his property in payment of the debt. At that, the official prostrated himself in homage and said, O oh Lord, be patient with me and I will pay you back in full. Moved with pity, the master let the official go and wrote off the debt. But when that same official went out, he met a fellow servant who owed him a mere fraction of what he himself owed. And he seized him and throttled him, and pay back what you owe, he demanded. His fellow servant dropped to his knees and began to plead with him, Just give me time, and I will pay you back in full. But he would hear none of it. Instead, he had him put in jail until he paid back what he owed. When his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were badly shaken, and went to their master to report the whole incident. The master sent for him and said, You worthless wretch. I <laughs> I canceled your entire debt when you pleaded with me. Should you not have dealt mercifully with your fellow servant, as I dealt with you? Then in anger the master handed him over to the torturers until he paid back all that he owed. God will treat you exactly the same way unless each of you forgives your brother or sister from the heart. The good news of the Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine walking up to... I don't know, Frank, and say, how do you get to Walmart from here? And Frank goes into this whole thing about the desert southwest, the building of Route 66, the whole pavement of Stocka Hill Road, the building of multiple houses in the last 10 years, this whole thing, you know, whole thing. And, and you're just kind of standing there. All I asked was, you know, how do you get to Walmart? I can imagine Peter kind of feeling the same way. You know, how often must I forgive? Well, and then for the next 20 minutes, you know, Peter gets this sermon. But it illustrates something. But what it illustrates is that it's not that easy. It's not that easy. When Peter asked, how, how must I forgive? How many times do I need to forgive? And Jesus went into this tirade. Even to the point where he said, this is the man who came into this world filled with the love of God, with the love of creation, with compassion and mercy. And here he is saying, God's going to do to you exactly what the ruler did to um, the servant if you don't do this thing. That's so out of character, isn't it? It's so out of character. Now all of us uh, are on a spiritual path or we wouldn't be here. All of us believe that there's something about the life of Jesus that is attractive to us or we wouldn't be here. There's something about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of food, nurturance from God in the sacrament, or we wouldn't be here. But what is Jesus really being about? We can be on this spiritual path. We can be on a walk with God that brings us into a place of holiness and sacredness that transforms us from just 
people of 3D, the physical thing, to people of spirit and life. From people of a focus more on my immediate needs to a people of we are all in this together. We are one. It moves us into understanding that even in that sacredness of our walk and the beauty of who we are as sacred beings, we still do not have good days. We still can step off the path ever so slightly and lash out or retaliate or hold grudge. You know, in the South, uh, in the Southeast, we have the phrase, bless their hearts. And we all, we all kind of know the stereotype of that, you know. Well, in the Christian way, it's vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's still there, right? It doesn't mean that we're not sacred and holy beings on a quest to know and understand our Creator. All it means is that in the midst of that, we're still human beings. And so is Jesus. I don't believe for a minute that he probably thought later on, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have said it that way. Hmm, maybe I could have responded to Peter a little more pastorally. Hmm, maybe, you know, whatever was going on in my life 15 minutes before Peter walked up and asked me that incredibly insane question, I could have responded better. I don't doubt that Jesus had days like that. We have days like that. Why wouldn't Jesus have days like that? We have an understanding that we're on a sacred walk with God and we still had a bad day. Why couldn't Jesus experience that? His humanity is what makes us real. I think one of the powers of the Incarnation is that it affirmed that no matter where we are in our day, where we are in our walk, where we are in our temperament, that we still are in that sacred place of that divine walk with the Christ, that divine walk with our Creator. Nobody came up and beat Jesus up for being such a, you know, snarky person to Peter. Nobody beat him up. He certainly didn't beat himself up, apparently. We don't know. So let's not beat ourselves up. If we're having a bad day, if we're having a challenge, if we're, you know, honked at because we didn't, move through the intersection quick enough for the person behind us, that's okay. We can, we can react to that. The trick is not to send it. If I'm angry because somebody runs me off the road, I can be angry about that. It becomes problematic when I want to send that anger to that person. But I think in this whole reading, I don't believe that, that Jesus was dictating a rule of God that if you don't do exactly these things that, that God's going to punish you. That doesn't make sense to me when you, when you think about the love of God for creation and the love of Jesus, that he actually, God was incarnate into the world. You know, the, the unlimited capacity of love and compassion. I don't think that, that I don't think God would punish us if we're not having a good day. And, and so this reading, there's a lot in there, but I really don't think it's a dictate that, yes, God is going to send us to hell in a handbasket if, if we don't forgive the debt of our neighbor, or if we don't do what we perceive God wants us to do, or if we don't do what somebody else has perceived that God wants us to do or not do. That doesn't make sense. 
And remember when Jesus says, you know, you have the Holy Spirit within you. The Holy Spirit will teach you and guide you. When you want to connect with that divinity, go inward. Focus. You know, remove the distractions. And the scripture says, close the door. And there, realize the love of God. And realize the guidance of God. I don't think a God with that capacity of love that created this kind of a universe would ever dare treat you exactly the same way unless each of you forgives your brother and sister. I think what happens is when we don't forgive, we're setting up that barrier within ourselves. It's not coming from some other place. We're setting up that barrier. But we don't have to beat ourselves up. Sometimes we're not able to forgive yet. Sometimes we're not able to just step out of our own pain and suffering and embrace forgiveness of the other. Sometimes we're not able to do that yet. It will come. The more we beat ourselves up about, I'm a bad person because I can't follow God's whatever, the more we do that, the more wall we build within ourselves that keeps us from getting to a place where we can forgive, where we can be in harmony with God, with the will of God, with the path of God, with the way of God, with the creation of God. If we can just trust that we're on the path, that we're going to get there, then we can be a little more tolerant of ourselves, right? In that whole process. Any thoughts?